Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast. You discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. So be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Pets Speaking from the Afterlife. And my guest today is Rob Gutrell. He is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. He's had a lifelong experience with the paranormal, and Rob participates in private paranormal investigations, helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people or pets ghosts or spirits, and he has lived in a haunted house too. So welcome, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Victoria. Good to be here. Very good. Well, Rob, tell us, before we dive into some questions, tell us tell us your journey. How did this all start? Well, it, it started, gosh, many decades ago when I was 13 years old. Um, it was kind of a surprising start because I didn't have any idea that my family had an ability to communicate with people who passed. <clears throat> Not until my grandfather decided to show up seven months after he died. <laughs> and um, when he did, I was uh, I was the only one home. And of course, I panicked and ran out and waited for my parents to come home. Um, and when they did, I, I talked to them about it. I had a very, really good relationship with my mom and dad. And my mother wasn't surprised because uh, she had the ability and was afraid to use it. That's when I found that out. And then 30 years later, I found out that my grandfather, who had passed away, also had the ability, her father. So it runs in the family on my mom, my mom's side. Um, I never paid much attention to it as a teenager. You know, you're in high school and you're trying to get through and you go to college and so forth. And I kind of buried that um, until I wound up living in a house that was haunted <laughs> in 1997 when I had gone back to college for another degree. And I figured out that house was uh, haunted. Um, and then in 2005, I had another experience which reawakened my abilities. I had a puppy named Buzz at seven months old. His leash opened when I was walking him and he he ran across the street and he was killed by a car. And Buzz uh, immediately started giving me messages that he was around. And that became the basis for my first book. Wow. That's amazing. I, I too can relate to that story. I had actually, it, it didn't make an entire book, but it did make a, an entire chapter in um, my um, trial by fire book called Boo Boo Kitties and Tommy Burgers because this particular cat had a larger than life personality. And I think it was about nine months after he died, he showed up, he made himself very obvious <laughs> um, to let him know that, hey, I'm, I'm still, you know, around and um, still, you know, look, searching for food or rubbing against my clothes. I saw actually manifested in the closet right where he had died. And I had a skirt hanging up and that's, I could see his form 
mm-hmm. rushing up against that skirt. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen them since, but um, you know, I know we're, we're going to talk about some questions about grieving parents because I'll tell you, it took me two years to get past Boo Boo Kitties to passing. <laughs> so definitely, but let's let's dive in some questions. I'm so ex- excited to find out more information um, for our listeners and even myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get started on some of this. So, so this is a your your particular um, experience. But is was this incident the first time that it sounds like that you communicated with like an animal spirit? Um, yeah, that was that was the very first time. Buzz um, Buzz came through pretty much immediately. Um, okay. And and he showed me all the different ways that pets can communicate. And and okay. back then when he passed, I used to keep a diary and I would write everything down that happened. And that actually that diary actually became the basis for my my book. Wow. Um, he uh, he was an inspiration for me to share this with others so that they can get through their grief and their loss and understand that pets like people go on onto the other side. Yes, that's that's really now you've had a personal connection with uh, Buzz, but what about other animals that are roaming around? I mean, is it just domestic? I mean, are we talking about I mean, how many how many um, I guess of the animal world (laughs) is roaming around maybe earthbound? So um, in my estimation, uh, probably about less than one or two percent. Stay earthbound. And and the reason for that is because animals have a great sense of of energy and emotion and so forth. You know, they they know when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're angry, when when we don't feel well and so forth. And as such, they can they can sense that when they die, their physical body dies and and they become energy with a conscious consciousness. they can sense that the other side is really peace and love, and that's where they want to go. Um, conversely, if they stay earthbound, which is very rare, um, they're trapped, just like humans are as ghosts. They're, they they choose to stay trapped in a fixed location of their choosing, and usually they they can't figure out how to cross over unless they're lucky enough to run into somebody that can help them. Um, but about I would say 98, 99% crossover because they sense peace. And and you know, people would ask me, um, why aren't there any dinosaurs here? <laughs> Dinosaur ghosts. <laughs> and that my answer is the same, is because you know they sense that it was a peaceful place, so they they transition. I'm just um now is this do you happen to know is it does this go beyond animals or have you had any say pet lizards or anything like that you ever run it speaking of dinosaurs I mean a little version of dinosaurs but because I know some lizards that I've encountered here in the southwest mm-hmm. there I mean there's the the normal kind of lizards but then occasionally I get this one off lizard that and they're usually the really tiny baby ones they're just so curious with me like, like they'll so follow either. me They'll follow me and I'm afraid I'm going to step on them, you know, <laughs> but they'll look up and, and I'm, I'm thinking they, to me, it's almost like they have a different consciousness than say the regular, the fact that they're one brave and two, they seem to have like this odd curiosity of something that's like 10 million times bigger than them without any fear. Cause you know, just by the nature of say the reptilian brain. The, right. the program for fear and these little guys didn't have any fear so i'm wondering if you know if these certain animals that maybe have the ability to communicate better could also have like a different consciousness um they would probably still go cross over to okay. the other side um because again they can they can sense what's what's good versus what's bad 
Okay. Um, and I will tell you that in the many years that I've been doing this, I've only encountered two cats and one dog who had stayed behind, domesticated. Oh, wow. um, all the other ones have had crossed over. And, and so I can communicate with any domesticated animal because they know our habits, they know our language, they know our routine and so forth. So they can relay some of these things to me that I can convey to their pet parent. Okay. Uh, wild animals cannot because <clears throat> they don't know us. They don't know our habits and so forth. So I can't really get anything from a wild animal. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. So having certain common elements, um, just like, I guess, any communication mm -hmm. kind of needs to have some sort of foundation in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they know our language. Um, we do the same thing for domesticated pets that we do with human children, really. I mean, we, we teach them how to play well with others. We teach them how to go to the, go to the restroom outside. We, they know when it's dinner time. They know when it's time to wake up. They know when it's time to go out. Um, uh, so, and they learn our language. They know our emotions and so forth. So that makes it really easy for them on the other side to communicate with us. And like your cat, you, you, because your cat passed in the closet, that was the place that your cat chose to pass. And that's where you're going to see your cat materialize. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and he was very, he was very sick um, and the vet couldn't, and he was always, that was another thing. He was embarrassed that he was sick. He had always been that way because he was a sick cat when he showed up at my door. Um, um, and so he had always been so embarrassed about being sick. So yeah. Part of the embarrassment is he tried to go and lay someplace kind of off and off the beating path. Um, so that, that brings up two other points, Victoria, that <clears throat> are kind of important for pet parents to know. One is that um, pets will tend to try and hide their illness mm. from their pet parent. And the reason they do that is they don't want us to get overly upset. Yeah. Um, the, and that's really unselfish love. And the other thing is that people need to know is that some pets like people will choose to pass either on their own or surrounded by their family. So I've, re I've received emails from people around the world who have said that they felt guilty that they weren't there when their pet passed. And I tried to explain to them that your pet did that. They, they passed on their own when you were out of the house. They waited for you to be out of the house so that the last you didn't the last thing you saw was not their passing they want you to remember them as they were alive and that's what's most important wow yeah i could totally see that with him because he was always embarrassed i mean like it says right to the very end he was trying to you know put himself someplace so and and he died on a thanksgiving so i guess that was even more so because he didn't want to feel, and I had a house full of people. So uh -huh. he, and all the people, you know, were like, don't worry about it, you know, go tend to the cat. And he must have sensed it and put himself in there. And that's where he, that was his last breath when I walked in there to just check up on him. So, yeah. That is one very unselfish cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was, he was quite the personality. Anybody who, <laughs> came in contact with him he was just a unique spirit I even had a friend who was anaphylactic shock when you know allergies to cats mm -hmm. she could pet him oh my gosh and be fine wow the only <laughs> cat she could touch and um you know she, the the one time she came over and she's like I just got to touch this cat I'm like no don't do it. You, I don't have time to rush you to the hospital, right? I don't have time. And she just says, I'm going to power through it and touch it. I want to touch him. I feel like I need to touch him. That's wow. what she said. And she had pet him, did not have not one single reaction whatsoever. Yeah. 
That's some powerful oh. energy right there. Yes, yes. Well, that's why I'm not surprised that he came back. <laughs> so one of the other things too about coming back is that when a when a pet usually passes, they will try in the first month or two to really come through with a lot of different ways to let you know they're okay. And then once you do, like you, like you saw, you saw him in the closet. Right. Once you saw, once you saw him in the closet, that was an acknowledgement to you that he was okay in spirit. So he doesn't have to come back very often anymore. Yeah. And so people will say to me that, you know, I, I got a message from my, my dog or my cat, but I want them to come back every week. Well, that doesn't happen um, because it takes a lot of energy for them to do that. Yeah. And all they want to let us know is that they're okay in spirit. And once they do that, it's like they check the box. They, they'll yeah. only come back on. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that's that's what I needed. I just needed to see him that one time and I was moving on. But mm -hmm. now uh, talking about ways they communicate with us, the way he came through, because I mentioned there's a Tommy Burgers. So for those who are not from L.A., <laughs> Tommy Burgers is a <laughs> favorite dive that has a multiple, there's a handful of chains that make, they put like peanut butter in their chili, on their burgers, on their hot dog, super uber greasy. <laughs> so my thing is that I hit, like you said, there was like this trail of stuff and all day I had a, a Tommy burger crate and I could not eat Tommy burgers. <laughs> I could, it would take me like three days to eat it because it was that grease laden. Oh, um, but I had this crazy craving. My coworker at work said he had this crazy great and he hated Tommy burgers too. I got home. My husband, who again, not a really a Tommy burger person, had this craving of Tommy burgers. So you're asked, well, what is the connection? Well, my mom had her stroke. I lived on those damn Tommy burgers. <laughs> so I'm thinking that maybe she came through with him. And that was the connection between the two, what her death and his death kind of coming through together to give me a double message. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. But yeah. you, actually, you actually put it all together. I did. Well, you know, when when it, the craving alone, but when I had, gee, I had my friend Joe and he's like, I have this terrible, because we would go to lunch together, one of my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't really a burger person. He goes, nah, and we both were fighting against the com the Tommy burger current, man. I'm like, no, <laughs> we're just going to the Chinese buffet, man. We're not doing the Tommy burgers. And then I came home. It's like, my husband's like, ah, craziest thing. I got a Tommy burger craving. I'm like, not you too. So by that time I realized it's clear on my radar. Something more is going on. I'm not sure. And then when he happened to go get, because he finally broke. Oh, I didn't even tell you. There's a, there's an even stranger twist to this. So when my husband went out to go get the darn Tommy burger, that's when I saw Boo Boo Kitty. Oh, wow. While he was at Tommy Burger, he ran into my brother and my father. So... <laughs> was like a whole family affair. It and then, like, yeah, when he like came home, he noticed influence. I was not eating the hamburgers. We were eating in bed, watching a movie. And he's like, why do you keep staring at the closet door? And I'm like, you're going to get mad. You're going to think I'm crazy. You know, I said, you know, I saw Boo Boo Kitty. And he's like, no, nope. I saw him a few days earlier. I didn't want to say anything because I thought it would upset you. So there you have it. So. Wow. <laughs> 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 that's great well, it sounds like your mother was very active in trying to get everybody to eat the same thing so that you would food know. she was very food focused so yeah that, that was like sense. you know hi how are you do would you like something to eat you know she's a good italian mother making sure everybody's been fed when they come through the door so <laughs> my mother's italian too <laughs> there you go so you reach into the choir right mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes so yeah tommy burgers and boo-boo kitties yeah there you have it so that um, is my um you know after after life pet story for you <laughs> that's pretty so, cool yeah there you have it so let's so what 
what is now this one kind of unfolded in you know it was kind of obviously i didn't have to do anything but for those who maybe want to connect mm -hmm. to their pets mm -hmm. um what is the easiest way because we know we have to have some sort of you know foundation or maybe you know the connection they already have a, a tuning with you but what are some of the ways that um you know we can we can connect with them maybe make it easier for them to connect with us what are what are we you know what are some of those steps okay sure so um for, before i go into a couple of them i will tell you that when we are grieving really deeply that grief acts as a block to signs Oh, um, wow. It's an emotional energy. It's a negative emotional energy. And, and spirits are positive emotional energy, really. So, so your grief will prevent you from, uh, from recognizing anything. Um, the most common thing is, is appearing in your dreams. So dreams are the easiest way because when we're awake, our logical minds are trained to discount anything. So if if you're if you were not open-minded, you would have seen Boo Boo Kitty and just discounted it as an a, an illusion. But fortunately, you you have the the knowledge to recognize that it actually was a sign. Um, so dreams are the easiest way. So before people go to bed, they can ask their pet to come into their um, into their dreams. Pet or person doesn't matter. Anybody on the other side usually in a couple of weeks, if you're not in totally deep grief, they can come through. Um, I, I will tell you that um, some people work through their grief more quickly. And in the case of a couple that I talked to, a woman had written me and she told me that uh, she was angry with her husband because her husband had dreamt of her their dog that passed. And the dog told him that he was okay on the other side, but she had not dreamt of the dog because she was still grieving. And she said that she would have fights with her husband because she didn't like the fact that the dog was coming to him and not her. <laughs> I had to write her back and say, look, your dog does not want you to be angry at your husband. <laughs> that that <laughs> happens with people too. Yeah. I, I've heard conversations. Why mom must like you better? They're talking to you, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and that's yeah. and that's absolutely not the case. It's just yeah. that somebody is still grieving versus someone who has worked through their grief. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a couple of other ways that uh, that pets will communicate that are really more apparent: noises. Human human spirits will do that too, but for the most part. Pets are, are very um, adept at making noises, like you may hear a meow or a bark, which sounds like it's coming from another room, but it's actually in the same room with you. You may hear nails on the floor um, if you have a dog, for instance. Um, you could hear uh, like footsteps going up the stairs if your stairs creak. Uh, you may feel physical sensations. Often cats will jump up on the bed. You may feel them laying against you. You may feel um, a, a, like a, a cool sensation or tingling in your legs or your back or whatever. Um, usually whenever a spirit is trying to manifest in the physical, they will, they will form a cool spot. And there's a scientific reason. I'm a meteorologist, by the way, in my day job. Oh. So, so I, uh, all of my um, books are based on science, the science of energy. So I figured out how a couple of things work. So cool spots happen because as energy spirits who are also energy with a consciousness will try to absorb energy to get strong enough to give you a sign. So what they do is they there's they take the uh, the motion of, of of air molecules and they take that motion and they absorb that energy, that energy of motion, and they slow them down. And fast moving molecules of air are warm air, but slower moving molecules of air are cool air. So wherever the cooler air is, that's where a, a spirit is trying to come together. And that's interesting is you are a, a paranormal investigator and one of the you know, first signs of 
you feel the temperature change, you know that there may be some activity because it, so that's so that is the scientific mm-hmm. um, backing that there is the the science behind the cold spots. Um, yeah, I so I came up with that as a meteorologist. Oh wow, um, wow. So, because I had to figure out why why the temperature would change. And that's the only, and it's a logical explanation because of the motion of air molecules and, he, yeah. and heat and cold. So it makes sense to me. Um, the other thing too, that uh, it's all, again, it's all about energy, is that people may see shadows of their, their pets. Um, and the reason you may see a shadow instead of seeing your pet in full color is because it takes a lot of energy. So, if you think of a light bulb that doesn't have a uh, that's not that that's on a dimmer switch and you turn it all the way up, it becomes very bright. Right. If you turn it down in a dark room, you can really only see the outline. So that's really what's happening with shadow figures is that they don't have enough energy to appear in full color. They can only appear as an outline or wow. as a shadow. Wow. That's that's really interesting because, you know, we were talking a little bit um, before we uh, hit the record button about my haunted house experience. Mm-hmm. But that is that is really interesting because the first few days in this house, there was a full color apparition mm-hmm. uh, that walked past me. Now, I don't think he was the one with the cupboards, although that was a, a he seemed very friendly. Um, and kind of as a matter of fact, but he looked like, you know, the, um, the old Las Vegas signs with the cowboy with the arm. Mm-hmm. That's sure. what he looked like. Oh. He had the cowboy hat, the sideburns, the plaid shirt, the jeans and the black boots. That's, and he just walked right past, he was in the laundry room, went right through the dryer and into the, into this office, which would have been actually right directly in front of where he would have walked through to this side. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But that's the first time I ever saw like a, a somebody in color, but you're right. It's mainly just like a, a form. You could see the outline of a person um, without a whole lot of details. Yeah. So, it, But it's all about energy. So if they, if they can get a lot of energy and, and the way that, that, earthbound ghosts and spirits draw energy are similar and different. So um, both of them use physical energies like heat, light, water, and electricity. Those are the things that can make them strong enough to communicate. But when it comes to ghosts who are earthbound, like your your cowboy there, um, he would draw on negative emotional energy. That's fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. Those things will help make him stronger in addition to the physical energies. P- spirits who've crossed over, like, like our pets, like your kitty, love, faith, and hope. Those things will empower him to come back again and give you messages. Hmm. You know, that's interesting because the now that you say that, um, the family that lived here before, the wife was very depressed. Mm. Um, her husband was like ultra controlling and she would paint on the wall, little cute, like hand painted. She wouldn't use like stencils. They were so pretty, but I would always cringe. Mm. And part of that was I realized as I started talking to the neighbors of how suppressed she felt. Wow. So all those pretty little hand things, they had to completely go because mm-hmm. they were affecting me negatively because I was sure. feeling that. So it's very possible. And Mr. Cowboy Guy was in the vicinity of where a lot of those stencils were. Okay. So that's very interesting that so um, she, you mentioned she that. impressed negative emotional energy yes. on, on those drawings. On those drawings, and, yes. Yeah, and he was, he was feeding off of it. Mm. Boy, that's really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, yeah, they're so pretty. And, not, and, you know, as an artist, you feel kind of guilty about I was feeling guilty because they were so detailed and so pretty. And I'm like, sister, you got to 
take that roller right over them, get rid of them. Cause you know, I, I'm like, I could, something had clicked that, you know, and then, uh, that I, that I had a bad feeling, even though they're pretty, I was conflicted. Cause I'm like, Oh, I like them, but I hate them at the same time. And then when I had that talk with the neighbor, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to go get me some paint and we're going to be covering them all up. And it's been a, a different vibe since then. Yeah. It's a really good thing that you did that. It, mm -hmm. It's like uh, it's it's like when people move into a yep. house that's full of um, put up like white curtains, try and get as much sunlight in there, light candles, play soft music, um, paint the walls very uh, light colors, um, things like that will will really help to dissipate the uh, negative energy. Um, of course, lighting you know um, sage and um, other things to, to smoke them out, if you will, to smoke out the bad energy is helpful yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and I do a lot of salting too. <laughs> I just salt. Okay. I've burned out a few vacuum cleaner motors, uh, forgetting that, you know, to sweep that up first, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Cause it, <laughs> I guess it adds the, the magnetic field in the, in, in the motors. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, dang, what's that sparks flying up? Forgot to sweep up the salt first in that corner. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one of Hoover's best customers, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it took me a few vacuum cleaners to try to, like, uh, remember to sweep up the salt. <laughs> so just word of caution if you, if for those who salt out there, make sure you sweep it up before you, you know, vacuum. I would. I was practically going to truck in with some of the energy in here, basmog. That's why I heavily salted. Um, but, you know, thankfully, it's just an occasional light dusting. <laughs> By the way, speaking the of salt. Semi, we you know, the boop, boop, boop <laughs> with salt. So, yeah. <laughs> speaking of salt, I, I also recommend people get a uh, Himalayan salt lamp and just light that up yeah. for 24 I hours. I have three of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have one right off to my corner here. So. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Well, uh, so there are, there are a couple of other ways that pets will commu communicate. There are many ways, but some of the most common ones are um, you may smell a scent from your pet. Um, oh, I, I talked to a woman who uh, told me that her uh, lab passed away and her lab liked to go in her backyard where there was water, like a little pond, and the dog would always come in and smell like wet dog. Mm. Well, many months after the dog passed away, she was in the house, and it, it, I think it was around the anniversary of the dog's birthday, and she started smelling wet dog. Oh, wow. There was no other dog in the house, and she wrote me back, and, and she, she asked me about it, and I said, well, since it's around his birthday, he wants to let you know that he's still very much here, and he was doing his favorite thing. <laughs> So Being a sense. stinky dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. They can also play with electrical things. Okay. Um, there was one dog that actually helped with the help of a human spirit to manipulate social media so that their pet person would know they're there. Wow. And I can share that story with you. If you want. Yes, please do. It's in my, my Pets in the Afterlife 3 book which is messages from spirit dogs and pets in the afterlife four, by the way, is messages from spirit cats. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm humbled and honored to say that both of those achieved the number one spot on Amazon. So, nice. um, and the three book just won a, an international book award for one of the best books of grief for 2021, 2022 and 2023. Wow. So that's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's it's really um it uh it's a feel-good thing for me because it means that people are reading it and getting comfort um and helping work through their grief plus we lost two dogs in 2020 um my one on a dolly and our our docs in franklin and they're on the cover and they have their own chapters because they came through after they passed with just a truckload of signs <clears throat> that were amazing um, but I'll get back to the, the story about the social media dog. 
So this this one gentleman that I befriended after he read my Pets in the Afterlife 2 book, um, we became good friends and he works for rescues and shelters. So he he goes to shelters every weekend and he takes dogs out and walks them and so forth. And he gets very attached to the dogs. And he, he had one little dog that passed. Anyway, before just before COVID, this one dog named Cusco came in and he got very attached to this little dog. And the dog was heartworm positive, which was not good because the dog was older. And when COVID hit, and they shut everything down. They asked him if he wanted to take the dog home and foster the dog. Well, because he was working like 12 hour days and he only came on the shelter on the weekends, he couldn't. The dog went to a family, long story short, because the dog was so far along, heartworm positive, the dog passed within like six weeks. He was crushed. Um, it was like he said it was like losing his uh, losing another child because he lost his other dog before he wanted to know if the dog was okay well he said about three weeks later um something like that he was he had brought up facebook and on facebook um he saw an, uh, a video ad for the shelter was it three weeks, something like that. It was it was quite a, quite a long time afterward. But when when he scrolled up on Facebook, there was the picture of the dog, that dog, in the freeze frame. <clears throat> so he said he had other people bring up that that page, and that dog was not in the freeze frame. Wow. It was the it was the slate saying this this is the animal shelter. I even brought it up on Facebook and I saw the slate for the animal shelter. <clears throat> and he said, is this a sign? And I said, yeah, it absolutely is. Because I played the video. It was one minute and 43 seconds into that video that that little dog's picture appeared for two seconds. So there's no way that it could not be a sign because it didn't happen for anybody else, only for him. Wow. And, um, and he asked me how it happened. And I said, well, you know, dogs don't know what computers are or social media is, but humans do. So they asked for help from a human loved one on the other side. So there's a dog that helped manipulate social media to give the, to give a sign. Wow. That is amazing. That is really amazing. So, well, let's talk about, now we, we know humans um, that have a connection with some of the spirits, but say some of the other um, animals that may need help, are they more willing to connect with you to let, let you help them? The ones that have passed? Yeah. Like say is out, you know, like just if you happen to uh, come up to some sort of animal spirit, because you know, are they willing to work with mediums? They or are. Do they only um, prefer to stay with their owners? And well, that's a really good question because I do pet readings, and um, sometimes I run into a couple of pets that were just very suspicious of who I am. <laughs> but I was trying; I was connecting my energy to their pet parents' energy, and I was able to convince them you know, that I'm here just as an intermediary. <clears throat> so yeah, they had to build up a little trust. Um, it was, yeah, there was one, actually there was one cat that didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> so. Don't feel bad. They don't want to talk to you when they're living either. So you're, <laughs> <laughs> they're no, very no. fussy in both life and I see uh, and death too. So <laughs> yeah, they can be. Um there was uh, so uh, there was another cat recently that came through to me and led their pet parent to find another uh, a clone, if you will, a, a lookalike. Hmm. Um, and and pets will do that. And they the reason they do that is they want us to see an, a a pet that looks like them so that we will know that they're still around. Hmm. And and they will lead us to another pet they want us to adopt. Wow. Um, one uh, one woman had written to me and she said that she her dog passed who was black and white and she said that uh, she absolutely did not want to adopt another dog that was that had that color. So she went on the rescue website, 
she's going to meet a dog, a dog that was uh, light brown. She was committed to it. She got to the shelter a couple of days later. They said, oh, they accidentally uh, adopted the dog out to somebody else. So they said, we have another dog that you might be interested in. They brought her a black and white dog. And she fell in love with the dog the minute she met the dog. And, and she said she adopted the dog. And she said, but I was so adamant that I didn't want to look like I'm replacing my dog. And I said, your dog led you to that other dog because of the resemblance so that you'll know that your dog in spirit is still there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're working it. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that you're mentioning it, it's, I, I think I got another boo-boo connection to another story <laughs> oh, <laughs> because cool. after he died, now we still had sweetie pie who was our tabby. I didn't want any more cats. I thought, nope. Um, you know, I, I, I can't deal with the, the loss of any more animals, the boo-boo kitty loss. Well, I was at work. My husband got a knock at the door from the neighbor's kid. Mm-hmm. And boo-boo kitty was all black. Well, the neighbor's kid comes at the door and says, my mommy says that this cat belongs to you. Like, <laughs> and I'm like... I hope you told that kid no. And he goes, um, no, I didn't. I didn't know what to tell the, the little guy, but um, I just took the kitten. Now, he didn't tell me what this kitten looked like. He just told me the neighbor says his mom said this cat belongs to us. So when I came home through the front door and this was a little tiny, it was like only a, maybe a few days old. Maybe if, I don't even know if it was even it was so tiny. If It was in the t- palm of my husband's hand. Oh, wow. When I came through the door, this thing flipped out of his hand, landed on the floor, came running to me and climbed up my leg. And oh was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was all black. So wow. you are on the money with that. <laughs> I said always, and we called her, it was a female, Boo Boo was male, but we called her little Boo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, this cat knows me. She goes, he, I'm like, and he goes, yeah. Cause that's why I, I had a feeling I didn't want to tell the neighbor's kid no, because I wanted you to check the cat out. And he didn't not, he didn't tell me it was all black. <laughs> you know, didn't tell me it was a little tiny kitten. Wow. Um, so yeah, that cat clearly acted like we had been old buddies, this little tiny, little tiny tot that was no more than maybe four inches long. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that, what a great example of, uh, of Boo Boo bringing you another yeah. cat. Man, what a little hustler. I- <laughs> smart. Smart. He was super smart. Super yeah. smart. Yes. <laughs> so that, that brings up uh, another thing that pets do from spirit. And that is that they will teach our new pet to have some of the habits <clears throat> that they had. So um, your little boo may do something that boo-boo did. And yeah. when you see that same habit, you'll know why. It's because they're, that he's training her to do something that, that he used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Little stinker. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's that's very interesting i i you know i always suspect you confirm that right <laughs> good that, we're confirming a bunch of things today. we are confirm just <laughs> with one of my cats okay we, we got your whole life your whole life experience validated i could just confirm with all one cat <laughs> that's awesome and I will tell you though that some people have asked me if the if pets will reincarnate during our lifetime, and my answer is no. My experience is no, um, and the reason is is because they want to wait for us on the other side so that we can transition more easily. Um, everybody usually waits for everybody they know in this life to pass away and cross over before we start coming back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I knew there was some, I didn't like, we thought we had joked about it being the reincarnation boo-boo, but 
we knew that wasn't quite there. I mean, we called her Little Boo, but then eventually we changed her name to Stinky Pants because <laughs> she had stinky pants. She never, uh, she was actually, I, I know you're talking about, you know, the mirroring, but she was actually the opposite of him. <laughs> he was uber clean and she was not so clean. So when she responded to, I said, you're just a little stinky pants, are you? And she I'm like, okay, we're changing your name. Oh. We got the little, we got the boo connection, but we're going to change it to stinky pants now. And she loves stinky pants. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's also too that, um, <clears throat> so that boo boo can stand out on his own. Yeah, we got the, the all black and the, because he literally came to my front door, like showed up one morning after the Northridge earthquake and just moved right on in. Oh, wow. I remember that. Yeah. And Very he had moved right on in. And so the mirrored part of that is she showed up at my doorstep handed. So there is, there's still the doorstep that, you know, showing up at the doorstep mm -hmm. kind of uh, connection there. You have a little sign out there for cats? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Good home. Good home. Yeah. Good home for kitties. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm an artist, but I also collect art. And there was, back when I was in college, there was a collection of hobo art that went up for sale. <clears throat> it was an estate sale. And... Of course, I had to pick up the hobo sign, the lithograph that was for nice lady. So <laughs> it had the cat on it. That was the hobo's, um, you know, symbol for nice lady. It's a cat. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All kinds of symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I'm every here. I'm like the crazy bird lady now. Um, I got all kinds of crazy birds lining up at, at my pond, at my bird bath, in my trees. I have a bossy roadrunner, a bossy ringtail hawk. That, wow. You know, tells me when I need to change the bird bath water. If it's not to her liking. <laughs> oh, well, you sound like a, a, a regular Dr. Doolittle. There. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a regular Dr. Doolittle at, at some point. I mean, I was the crazy cat lady in LA, but now that that still continues. I just now have attracted birds too. So, so I mean, that's a, that's a really wonderful thing because animals can sense a good person. You know, I, I'm a dog dad and I know my dogs could sense a not so good person. <clears throat> And they would growl, or they would yeah. bark, or they would stay away from them. Uh, and then, conversely, they could they could sense a good person. But so animals have that innate sense, yeah. and that to you is the highest compliment because all of these animals are attracted to you. Yeah. They want to be with you. I'm sure it's the food that I feed them, <laughs> and I know oh, they all talk. <laughs> They're talking to each other. <laughs> I know they are. I know the birds and the bunnies and. Everything in between, be talking because I swear they they come looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that that this has been definitely um, an eye opener. Get some great confirmation of some of my pet afterlife experiences. Mm -hmm. So. What what are some of the, I guess, grieving parents' tips? Um, let's see if we can wrap this up a little bit with some, you know, what do you, what do you recommend for those who are grieving their pets? You know, what are some of the steps that they need to take? Sure. Um, let's try not to grieve too hard, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, uh, so scientifically, I because I'm a scientist, I've read a lot of um, journal articles about grief and, and pet loss and so okay. forth. And it is perfectly normal to deeply grieve the loss of a pet, especially if you don't have human children, because those become our children. We raise them like children. Uh, as we talked about in the, in the beginning, we do everything for a pet in terms of teaching them things that we do for a human child. 
and and Victoria, I always say that the difference is is that human children will grow up and marry someone you don't like and move away. And pets stay put and they will always love you unconditional and they don't talk back. <laughs> um, but so the sense of loss is can be really deep. And for my pets three book and pets four book, I consulted people, professionals who are friends of mine that deal with people uh, in, in grief. And um, one is a social worker and the other one is a licensed uh, clinical psychologist. So they said a couple of things. Um, some of the tips were maintain interest in things that you find comforting and pleasurable. Um, you know, pay attention to daily living. Don't stop doing things. Don't give yourself that extra time. Um, and keep in mind that that your feelings um, are really important. And one thing I did was I, I posted when our dogs passed away, I posted something on social media. Hearing back from people just expressing sympathy and support means a lot. It really does. So don't hide. Don't become a recluse when your pet passes. You need to actually let people know. Um, and, and now, especially... Two thirds of, of Americans have pets in their home. That's a lot, two thirds. So a lot of people go through the same thing that you're going through. Um, some of the other things too, is that uh, you shouldn't be afraid to cry in front of people when your pet passes um, and, and just talk to people about it. Some of the other things that, <clears throat> that I suggested were to look at a, a timeline of photographs of your cat or your dog over time and see how they progressed and even declined. So you'll know that they had, you know, that you know that they had a good life unless they're taken, you know, by a car accident like my buzz was. Um, you can also do more memorial things. Um, we, we planted flowers in the backyard. Um, you can create a rock garden. You can create some kind of memorial in your home. Um, I, I did a, a reading for a woman whose horse passed away and her horse said to me, and because her horses are domesticated, some of them, her horse said to me that she, he was very thankful that his mom created a memorial using his harness. And, and I thought, okay, that's a first for me. I would never have thought of that. So she wrote me back and she said, yes, I have his harness hanging up in my living room, his picture as a memorial tribute. So the horse was acknowledging what his mom did. And uh, so keeping pictures around too is another way to help you work through the grief and adopting another pet. Our pets want us to adopt and give the, the love that we have in our hearts that we had for them to another pet that needs it. That's a great way to pay tribute to them. So those are a few ideas. Yeah. And I definitely lived up because I went from no cat, no more cats to I had six. So yeah. And three dogs. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, but yeah, I do. I try to always, you know, eat whether they're domestic or wild especially the wild ones, because, you know, those ones have very short lifespans. Mm -hmm. They always get a, a care root, not a carrot, a care root. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, I, that's, that's fabulous. Cause um, I think a lot of people need to hear that even a small little shrine or photos. Um, I always like to share my, you know, anniversary, you know, those photos that come up in the social media feeds again mm -hmm. um, to display that um, just to keep them fret, you know, they're, they're not, they're not only our memories, but now when you're on social media, they become other people and the, the legacy lives on. So. Yep, absolutely. And, and by the way, there was a, uh, there was a study last summer that came out that said that cats are much more perceptive and um, recognize things in their environment than we think they do. Really? Yeah. So that 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 was a great study that just came through. Um, 
And, and I can share a story with, with you from my Pets in the Afterlife 4 book about a special cat. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> okay. Um, this is one of my favorite stories because uh, the cat taught me a word I didn't know. <laughs> mm. um, I received an, an email when I, uh, for a reading with uh, this cat named Bunny. And uh, his mom, Ingrid, had written me and, and asked me a couple of questions and uh, provided a picture and the, and the cat's name and just wanted to know how the cat was generally on the other side and if there's anything she should know and so forth. And um, one of the things that Buddy told me was a word that I never heard of. And I do all my readings by email. And as I was typing out what I'm hearing from Buddy, um, he mentioned the word M-A-L-A, -A, Mala. And I thought, okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I said, is that the right word? And, and he repeated it. So I said, okay. I said, Buddy is telling me about Mala. And, and I don't know what that is. I know the word Mala in Spanish means bad, but I don't know what Mala is. So I said, if this may be something that you know. I don't know. Um, and then I sent it off. And, you know, I always, after I, after I do readings like that, where I don't understand something, I think to myself, oh, you're going to think I'm crazy, you know? So, but fortunately she knew what it was. She wrote me back and she said, I was, she said, all these other things made perfect sense to me. And I'm so happy to get this. But one thing that really stood out was the word Mala. Oh. And, and I thought, okay. And I kept reading and she said, <clears throat> Buddy stays in my room. And every morning when I wake up with Buddy, um, I do a meditation. Buddy is the only one know, who knows that I do that meditation every morning. Buddy is also the only one that knows it is called the Mala meditation. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and she said she was so thrilled to get that message that confirmation that I was communicating with Buddy. I mean, it's it's it even gives me chills today. To talk about yeah, it. I got some right now too. <laughs> so so that, that is amazing. Yeah, that's an example of of how cats will pay attention to what they, what's around them, and and they'll convey it to to me as a, a medium. But but we already discussed all the other ways that people don't need a medium. You can see those signs for yourself. You're there. Just got to watch and be open to them, right? So, well, Rob, this has been an amazing interview. So one last question. Where okay. can we find more of Rob and uh, your books? You can find me on uh, Amazon.com. If you just type in G-U-T-R-O, my last name, all my books will come up. I have 10 of them. Um, I have three series. I have Pets in the Afterlife series. I have Ghosts uh, and Spirits series. And then I have Ghosts on a Medium's Vacation series, <laughs> where I went to places and visited and was overwhelmed with meeting dead people. <laughs> um, wow. So that's history and ghosts in the same place. Um, so I'm on Amazon. My website is robgutro.com. If you can't remember how to spell my name, type in petspirits.com. It goes to the same place. <laughs> and I'm on social media and so forth. Um, and I do pet readings. I do them on the weekends, but I'm booked a year out. Um, and right now I'm kind of uh, putting a pause on taking uh, um, appointments until I can catch up a little bit. But um, but yeah, you can find me on Amazon and, um, and all my books, by the way, I am self-published. So all my books are as low as I can make them. They're, they're $10 and under. I want people to read them and be comforted by them and understand what happens in the other side. Wow. Well, I want to thank you again for sharing your fantastic insights today. I know so we have a lot of viewers. This is going to be very, very helpful. I'm definitely appreciative that I've had this opportunity to speak with you and, you know, connect more of my dots as well. And 
Again, thanks again, everyone, for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it so you can be guided into your writing journey. So remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.